0: rewire your subconscious to support your big dreams and vision and create a life that you're absolutely obsessed with. So sit back, tune in and prepare to expand. Hello, hello super expanders and welcome back. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I I'm feeling pretty good. I have a, a little extra pep in my step. I am just returning from a from a 3 week stay, a 3 week trip, journey through Bali and uh so many things to share, so much energy, so many amazing experiences. So I'm really pumped for today's episode because I am going to share 10 lessons I learned while in while in Bali. So it's actually probably going to be a two part episode because I like to keep these these short and sweet and yeah, it'll, it'll give you something to look forward to, right? We'll break it up into two. So my trip to Bali, I the first seven days were were me on a hypno-breathwork trip, um, a hypno-breathwork retreat. And there were so many powerful experiences, but I feel like I have to back up even before that because just the whole getting there was was such a, just an interesting thing in my own headspace and a few little blips along the road. And all you can do is just like kind of look back and, and laugh. So I had, you know, back in December when I first found out about this, this retreat, I was like, Oh, I'm definitely going. And it's funny how, you know, when you have this like intuitive hit, this gut instinct and if you don't actually take action on it right away, then all these doubts start creeping in your head, these reasons why you shouldn't, why you can't, why it's not the right thing. And you'll start receiving all these or like interpreting all these things as signs and reasons why, why you shouldn't do it. So I have no idea why I didn't just absolutely pull, like jump and sign up for the, for the retreat when the opportunity was first dropped but i was like oh, okay i'll you know i'll sign up for it at some point and that's can be kind of typical fashion for me when i travel i tend to book my my tickets kind of last minute and book my hotels kind of last minute and not because i'm not committed to going but i always feel like you know i'm i'm up for what the universe has in store for me so i don't like locking myself into certain flights or certain durations or certain accommodations too far out in advance. And I think that that's kind of what I was doing here with this, with the retreat, but so it was kind of getting down to the wire and I hadn't, I hadn't committed. And I, so I think I actually finally committed and signed up for the retreat two weeks, two weeks out. And I mean, that's a, that's a big trip to be, to be committing to just Just two weeks out. So I committed to, to go and I paid, paid for the trip. And then I had to book, book my flights and I waited to do that until two days before I left. (laughs) So it was still pretty typical fashion, but you know, I looked at them like fifteen times before I actually did it. I booked my hotel the night before because I was traveling, arriving a few days ahead of time, so I'd have time to to acclimate to the time difference and just you know kind of settle in before the, the retreat. So all those things happened. I decided I found the flights; they were they were actually better flying out of New York, which was was perfect because my daughter's birthday was actually happening while I was gone. Part of, again, the reason why I also was kind of hedging on that because I was carrying a lot of mom guilt about taking a trip for myself and being away for her birthday. And we'll clarify, she's she's not a child. It was her 23rd birthday. So she's she's a full-grown full, full grown adult. For those of you that don't know that I have a 23-year-old daughter. So I booked the trip. I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to be there for a couple of days and celebrate her birthday, fly out of New York amazing. It's all planned out, feeling good. So I get in my car and I start heading to, to New York and I get literally halfway there. And I realize that I left my passport at home. No, no joke. I really left my passport at home. And I, all I could do was just laugh at myself because I had literally thought about it and told myself, grab your passport. I think six seven eight times before I left the house I have no idea how I left without it but I did thank goodness I I realized before I got all the way to New York so I had to turn all the way around and I this is one of those moments when I'm really just grateful for the way that my mind works and the person that I am because I didn't get angry about it I just kind of laughed and thought hmm there must be a reason for this maybe my my guardian angels or the universe is really looking out for me. There's going to be some crazy accident. They're trying to divert me to not be involved in it. And so I just continued listening to podcasts and to different trainings and books and stuff in my car and enjoying my time. I I love solo time in the car. So I really wasn't mad about it. Get home, grab my passport, turn right <laughs> back around to drive back to New York. So we're good to go. I'm like, okay, it was just that like that little test, right? You know, are, are you really all in on this? And I get to spend a beautiful couple of days with my daughter celebrating her birthday. And then the morning of my flight, I get up to go. I'd reserved an Uber, which I was a little stressed about because I've had some experiences in the past where you reserve an Uber and then they don't show up. So I'm kind of nervous, early Uber coming to get me at 5 a.m., get everything out the door and I realized that I left my phone in my daughter's apartment and I'm literally in the, the doorway between the outside door and the inside door. So it's a secure building. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't get back in. And in this moment, you know, I don't know if this happens to you guys, when you're stressed, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I know like how to get up to our apartment, but what is the actual unit number? And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh my gosh, what unit number is it? What unit number is it? Racking my brain. And of course, the information's in my phone, which I need. It's upstairs in her her room. So I'm like trying to keep the door wedged so it doesn't shut all the way. I'm like, how am I going to get into this, get back into the apartment? I'm calling her name because she's just a few floors up. I'm like, Jordan, Jordan. (laughs) And of course, you know, she's asleep. She can't hear. And even if she was awake, she probably wouldn't be able to hear me anyways. This continues on, so I was like, I start trying to trying the call box. I'm like, okay, I know what floor it's on, and I, I try one. I was like, no, that's not it. And I, thank God nobody answered because they, I probably they would have cursed me out. So I tried another, and then the call box freezes and it won't hang up. And this happens, and it's like you know, swirling, swirling, swirling. And then my Uber driver pulls up. And the Uber driver pulls up, and I'm like, hey, can I use your phone? My daughter, I left my apartment or my phone in her apartment. I need to get it. I can't leave until I get it. Can I use your phone to call her? And he said, no, no, you can't use my phone. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, this can't be happening. Right. And I also, in that moment, realized I probably don't even have her phone number memorized, which I have rectified since then. I actually just, like, memorized it. Like, I started reciting it to myself over and over and over again. because like, this is deplorable that I don't actually remember her phone number because we live in this, like, you know, speed dial, auto dial society that we live in. So I go back to the call box, like, one more last try. And it's it's gotten, it's, like, unstuck and I get to try again. And thank goodness I get the right unit number on this, this try and it goes through. Oh my gosh. So she comes down and gets me the the phone and I'm like, am I like, is this like, should I not be going? Is this a sign that I shouldn't be going? (laughs) But I proceeded on, I made it to the airport. Didn't, didn't miss my flight. I made it on time, made it off without a hitch. But I was carrying a lot of nerves because this was the first time that I was journeying, uh, like on a trip like this, all by myself, like all the way across the like the world, like literally on the other side of the world, all by myself, into a place I'd never been before. And so I had, like, you know, I I was being real honest with myself. I was like, I'm a little scared. (laughs) But you know, I did it. I was brave, and I feel so much more accomplished for it. And so that was just like the the little backstory. So I want to kind of just talk about these big lessons that I learned while I was there and some of them were definitely a piece like lessons that I learned inside of the retreat portion and some of them were actually lessons that I learned more from just the being in a different culture a completely different environment all by myself for an extended period of time because a a trip when it lasts a little bit more than like seven, eight, 10 days that it starts turning into that three weeks a month, that's like, you're really, really, really settling into a new way of thinking a new way of being, stepping out of your environment. Your creativity is just so it's like my brain was lit up, which is the one thing I really love about travel. So the first really big Big lesson that I learned was that I feel like self inquiry is truly a superpower. It's a superpower for creating the life that you want. It is a superpower for scaling your business. It's a superpower in gosh, so many ways, right? Because we often think that it's the external, like the outside world, that is going to create the the feeling inside of us, the happiness, the worthiness, the abundance. And it's exactly the other way around. It is our internal state that creates the external world, right? So if we're at a place of lack, we are going to see lack. We're going to find lack. We're going to get more lack. If we are in a place of, of confidence and abundance and love, that is what we are going to get back. It's like, you know, it's a mirror. And so when we start to really have this habit of, of self inquiry is when we really start to have the ability to manifest the life that we want to really blow our own minds, to exceed any limits that we ever thought were placed on us. When we start to ask ourselves why we're feeling the way that we're feeling, why we're thinking the thoughts that we're thinking, why is this happening for me? So self inquiry and curiosity truly is a superpower. That was my lesson. Number one. I have a question for you. Have you joined the super expander free mentorship community? If not, What are you waiting for? Stop what you're doing right now and text the word mentor to 202-918-3235. your questions. Number two, a regulated nervous system has the power to change the world. Literally, it might sound a little bit drastic, a little bit crazy, but if every human being was walking around with a regulated nervous system and the ability to regulate it when it goes out of regulation, it would be a completely different planet that we live in because when we're regulated, we're not reactive. We're able to see an experience and not internalize it. We're able to not become triggered. And at the moment that we might start to become, so we're able to, you know, calm it back down. And a regulated nervous system has way more to do with like a multitude of different things. I think that the way it's talked about today, especially you see it a lot on social media, that it's about just breathing and about meditating. And it's about so much more than that. I mean, all those things are definitely a piece of it. You know, it's being able to regulate your your heart rate. It's, th- you know, through breath and release traumas. But there's a lot of other pieces, like making sure that you're getting adequate rest is like sleep, like prioritizing your sleep is so important and a crucial piece of a regulated nervous system, making sure that you're actually nourishing your body. If you are, you know, eating poorly, not eating enough, all those things, your, your nervous system is going to be dysregulated. So prioritizing these like real true self-care, moving your body Breathing, getting your heart and your brain into coherence is quite literally has the the power to change the world. It has the power to change your business. It has the power to change your relationships. Literally has the power to change the world. All right, taking that a little further shallow breathing, this is my third lesson. Shallow breathing is a sign, a mirror, reflecting, inhibiting thoughts emotions, communication, passion, and intuition. And it's not that this wasn't something that I already knew going in, but I think that sometimes, you know, we, we continuously have these breakthroughs and these learning lessons on deeper levels. And every time we learn them, I like, again, when we're reminded of them, we're able to integrate them deeper. We're able to embody them deeper. We, we find this new language to understand it. And then also to be able to explain it to others, which is the, the ripple effect. It's the, the reason I do what I do is that, you know, the more that I learn, I'm able to learn it, integrate it, embody it, and then share it with you so that you can hear it, learn it, integrate it, and then share it. So I mean, massive ripple effect there, but so shallow breathing, it's, it really is a sign, a mirror of many, many things inside of your body. So if you think about a, a child, a baby, when you watch them breathing, they breathe into their belly. When you watch an animal breathing, they breathe into their belly watch a human breathing most of the humans you will if you took a take a look at like the next ten humans you see and watch other breathing most likely they are not breathing into their belly I'd love to hear like if you do this this test like how many what your numbers are what your stats are like seriously do it and and DM me on Instagram and tell me because I want to know so we as humans in the world that we live in for so many different reasons we we forget we're born knowing how to breathe and we forget we and It's like metaphorical for so many things we forget who we are, we forget our power, and then we end up in a place in our life, whether it's in disease or crisis or whatever it happens to be, and there's this moment of like having to to remember to relearn who we are and who we are meant to be here on this earth on this planet, and your breath really is a mirror for that. Your breath is a mirror, so when we start to just breathe into our our chest and we're not breathing into our belly. There are so many different things that are going on there. So first of all, at the bottom of your, of your diaphragm, when we breathe into our belly, there are actually receptors that put your body into a rest and digest place. So belly breathing naturally just begins to regulate your nervous system. It begins to tell you that you are in a safe place that you can relax, that you can surrender, that you can be and the opposite when we breathe only into our chest there are receptors that put us more into a high alert in a more fight or flight like i have to be like on guard on point in that place and the way that our especially as women we don't want to be breathing into our bellies because god forbid that you know you look like you have a belly right we want our our bellies to look more slim and taut and we, we spend a lot of money on these high-waisted leggings that suck our tummy in and don't allow us to expand into our belly and it is putting us into a place of inhibition and suppression and and stress and anxiety perpetuating this cycle that we're we want to get out of so desperately so the way that we sit at our desks, the way we slouch over again is conducive only to chest breathing. It doesn't give us that expansive place to breathe into our bellies to become more relaxed. And as this starts to happen, we start to lose connection to our intuition. We become much more inhibited. Our communication becomes strained. And essentially, there are, you know, there's an element of our life force being sucked out of us because we are shallow breathing. So a little, a little homework, in addition to the watching 10 humans and seeing how many of them you notice are actually breathing into their belly is to take a moment when this podcast is over, or even right now, as long as you're in a safe place and you're like not driving to just like, cyclically breathe into your belly. And first of all, it's going to feel really weird. It's going to feel foreign when you do it. The first, the first, you know, few cycles, it's going to be like, ah, oh, it feels like weird. And then I want you to watch as you do it, how you start to feel like really pay attention and, and check in. And then lastly, lastly, no, I have two more. I'm, I'm, Cause we're doing the We're doing a two part here. Right. So the fourth lesson is that healing happens in the face of an empathetic witness. Healing happens in the face of an empathetic witness. And I think this is multifaceted because I think that you can heal when you're completely alone, but you have to be able to witness yourself. You have to be able to step outside yourself and truly witness yourself, witness your feelings and extend yourself full empathy, full permission to feel the feelings, full permission that the feelings that you have felt or the way that you have been or the thing that has happened to you, the trauma, the experience, was yours to have. It was there to serve you. And I also believe that that's part of the, heal- part of the healing process is being able to be in the company of others, to be seen and to be seen by someone who truly can see you from an empathetic place to be able to be a true space holder there's so much power to be able to open up to someone else or in a community which you know in the in the retreat that was something that we all were able to do it was a a sacred space a a safe container for all of us to to show up to fully feel And to speak aloud how we were feeling. And for me, that was really, really a um, profound experience because I have always been someone who has prided themselves on being really, really strong. And, and when I have felt my feelings, sometimes I push them down, getting way better at that. But It wasn't, I think, until recently that I was really able to show others how I was feeling and to share, you know, the past experiences and really reveal pieces of me. And I got to witness this same transformation in the others that I was there on this retreat for. And I feel like just being a witness to that transformation to the other women that were in the group was just as impactful for me to witness as it was for me to experience my own transformation. And then the fifth lesson is that your body is an antenna for the energy around you. And your breath is the dial that controls what channels you're tuning into. I'm going to say that again because it's kind of loaded. Your body is an antenna for the energy around you. And your breath is the dial that controls what channel you're tuning into. I'm going to break it down a little bit because what we need in order to start to really manifest, to create in that sort of quantum field way, the way that we're, you know, all of us want it to feel easy, to be easy. We want to attract what we want. And to be able to do that, we need to create this coherence from our mind to our heart. And your breath really is the bridge to be able to do that. And once we're able to do that, your body just becomes this resonance, right? And then it's emitting a frequency. And when it starts to emit that frequency, when we're trying to create and the co-creation that happens is it's looking for the energetic match to our desires. and That's how we start to truly attract. And that is like quantum physics, quantum field things that I'm talking about here. So your body is the antenna for the energy, right? And you're emitting out and attracting in. And your breath is the dial that controls what channel you're tuning into. So it's that bridge between your mind and your heart, bringing that coherence. Because what happens is there's so often this bottleneck between our thoughts and our body. So if you just because you can say mantras all day long that I want to be abundant, I want to be a million dollars, but if your body is emitting a different frequency that it's like tight and it's scarce and it doesn't believe those thoughts, that's what's going out. Right? So you have to create the coherence between the two. And we do that with the breath. As we start to regulate the nervous system and you start to observe the thoughts and then the feelings and you start to reach for a better feeling thought so that the thought makes the body feel And it it becomes this unison and that's where the becoming starts to happen. Right. So it's really not about the thing it's about becoming the, you know, it's about the transformation. It's about the evolving. It's the, it's about the growing. That is, that's what it's, what it's all about my friends. (laughs) Uh, And I got, I got a little excited there on, on this journey of sharing all my, all my lessons in Bali really was the, Such a powerful trip, a powerful journey, so many amazing experiences, and I'm going to save the next five to share with you in the next episode. If you like what you heard, stop, drop, and leave a five-star review and hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And as always, sharing is caring. So snap a pic and share this episode with another super expander.